Okay, Matthew has been our key verse, and um, I really hope this has gotten into your spirit this last month, and I hope you think about it wherever you go, especially in those dark places that we end up, like that Walmart line, that, that we're thinking about those, this verse. This, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. So let me, let me stop just a moment. If, if Jesus has lit you up, you got to shine. Right. Yeah. He ain't planning on you to hide. He really ain't. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And that's what it's about. Our purpose for living is to give God glory. Amen? Amen. And then our follow-up uh, main text uh, uh, secondary main text is found uh, in Galatians 5. And this is the reason we can shine. We can't shine within ourselves. There ain't nothing mean you could do to shine within ourselves. Uh, we talked about it last week. We can be good, but we can be good just for a little bit. Some of us got to hurry up and leave the parking lot of the church because we can only pretend so long. <laughs> I got to get out so I can be myself. Ain't that right? <laughs> but we try to be real here. Uh, the, the reason why we can shine is the work of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit, the characteristics of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. In other words, if you get these things down, you let the Holy Spirit do these things in your life, you don't have to worry about obeying the law. You just walk in it. You just walk in the fullness of God, and you don't have to worry about checking off a list. So the first week, we talked about how to shine love and joy. The second week was shine peace and patience. Now, some of y'all have been tested in that, and you're less patient today than I, before I preached that message. <laughs> Let the Lord work that in you. It's got, he's got to work it in you. You might as well just get ready. He's going to work it in you. Just let him do that. Uh, man, can I confess? I feel like I need to confess. I do. Uh, I, I went to Baton Rouge to see Nick. And this peace and patience, I, um, I, I was tested in that this week, and I failed. And I asked the Lord to forgive me. I was going down 55 and in the passenger lane. And, you know, I, I share with you, I don't like people getting up on my tail. Is anybody like that? I just don't like that. I mean, I pay taxes. And I'm going fast enough in the fast lane. I'm passing somebody just because it's not as fast as you want. Well, I just couldn't help it. I was in Patty's little car, and we just got our first little turbo. I just got on the gas a little bit just to show them, hey, I got a fast car, too. And when I looked down, I was going 105 miles an hour. I said, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. Please don't give me a ticket. <laughs> You're going to be tested in those areas. The Lord helps you. I knew it was wrong when I did it. <laughs> and the Lord forgave me. Thank the Lord. <laughs> Last week, we learned how to shine kindness. <laughs> I felt it that one too. Kindness, goodness, and gentleness. Kindness, goodness, and gentleness. And, and I'm so thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit that helps us with all of these. And he will speak to you. I mean, he really will. If you'll just open up to receive from him. So today, we need this one. We're going to learn today, I forgot to give you that scripture, we're going to learn today how to shine faithfulness and self-control. Mm -mm -mm. 
Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. You are faithful when we're not. And I'm so thankful for the work of your Holy Spirit in us. So thankful, Lord, that you received our worship today. Your presence is here, and I do believe you're passing out gifts to us. And, Lord, you have a desire for us to shine more than we've ever shown before. Now, Lord, would you speak to our hearts? Church, would you say it with me, Lord? Speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Faithfulness and self-control is also two sides of the same coin. If you have one, you probably are going to be doing pretty good with the other. On the contrary, if you don't have one, you're probably going to be failing at the other. So let's talk about faithfulness first. Faithfulness, uh, to be faithful is to be loyal, reliable, and committed. Loyal, reliable, and committed. And can I say being committed to the house of the Lord is a good place to start? And all of y'all are here today, so we all get a pat on the back. Amen? So there's two facts about faithfulness uh, that I want to give you. If you're taking notes, first of all, God blesses faithfulness. He really does. It's so interesting. Uh, we, we see that uh, with Jesus and the parable of the talents. I won't read that for time's sake, but I would ask you to go back and read Matthew 25 and the parable of the talents, or maybe your Bible says the parable of the, of the gold, uh, where Jesus distributes, the master distributes money, talents uh, in the Bible in, in uh, it's talents. It's, it's an amount of money, actually, uh, to, to servants, three servants. And two of them put it to work and, and actually brought back a return. And, and Jesus, uh, in that parable, which he's relating it to God and how it will be at our reckoning one day, he said this, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So that's not only for when we get to heaven, but I believe that also applies to our work on earth. That when we're faithful with the small things here, I've seen it. God gives us more. It's interesting, it's already in my notes, Sybil, that the word that the Lord gave you, because I talk about, even when I was preparing this, God, I put it in my notes, he gave me this, that you that have taken your gift that God has given you, and you've used it for him, and you've just been faithful, God gives you more. In other words, when you use what you got to, to bless God, he gave it to you anyway, but when you give it to bless God, he just gives you more and more, as long as you use it for his glory. So he blesses faithfulness. Now here's the kicker, the second fact, God requires faithfulness. He requires our faithfulness. In that same parable, there was one servant that took the talent, and out of fear, he hid it. He did not do anything with it. And this is what Jesus said to him, or, or the master, what Jesus told the story, take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, that's a heavy verse, right? 
that God requires us to be faithful. The scripture says to him who has been given much, much is required. That God requires us to be committed to him, faithful to him. And it's nothing that we have to do within ourselves. He just wants us to act on what he's already given us. When we get to heaven, y'all, we're either going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, or I believe we, or we're going to hear, depart from me, for I've never known you. Now, I have to say, because of Jude, the Bible does say that some will come through uh, the gates with flames uh, burning them. <laughs> and maybe there will be some that Jesus says, you, you barely made it. But I don't want to be that person, even if it's possible. Do you? Man, I want to live this life to the fullest for Jesus Christ. He has done so much for me. I just want to live for him and do the mo as much as I can for him. Isn't that what you want to do? I believe so. So we want to be faithful. We have to be faithful to do that. Just faithful to what he tells us to do. Man, I have people come up throughout the years in ministry. Brother, I want to preach the word of God. I do. I just want to preach the word. Well, that's great. Uh, can you straighten up these chairs? Huh? I said, I want to preach. You know, why don't you try out being faithful by straightening up some chairs? And let's see if you can be faithful in that, the small, before you stand up and tell somebody else how to straighten up mm, chairs and their life. Well, that went over well. <laughs> That's all right, though. So let's talk about self-control. Self-control. This is a tough one, right? I believe, to me, the two toughest ones is the beginning and the end. Love and self-control. I believe the rest of them in between, if I got love and self-control, I think I can handle some of the other ones, don't you? So the sandwich, the, the, the hard part is the ends. Love and self-control. I think we all could say, hey, I could use some help with that one. And the Holy Spirit wants to help us. Let me see if you need self-control. I just want to see how many people need self-control in here. So if you'll work with me on this one, uh, wake up your neighbor and tell them, this, do this if you would. And um, I want you to take your, um, your right foot and make, in clockwise, make circles. Would you do that? Everybody can do this. Just in clockwise, just make circles. Keep doing it your right foot. Now, while you're doing that, I want you to take your right hand and make the number six. <laughs> yeah. The good news is your foot should have started going the other way. If it didn't, you got bigger problems than self-control. <laughs> Your brain is fried. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit definitely has to help us with this one. And he does want to help us. You know, self loves some self. I mean, let's just go ahead and establish that fact. Self loves self. If you want to know if you really love, if your flesh loves flesh, you ought to just try fasting for a little while. As a matter of fact, we should fast, amen? But man, you're talking about, you'll see how strong you're, do something that you normally do and just say, I'm not going to do it. Out of aggravation, 
So we, we were calm, though. I called DirecTV last week, and I just told the young lady, ma'am, it ain't you. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to counsel. Oh, ma'am, sir, we want to see what we do to keep you as a customer. I said, I don't think you can, ma'am, but look, it's not you. And I kept telling her over and over again, it's not you. Patty was there with me, making sure I, you know, I stayed calm. And, uh, <laughs> and it came down to, look, ain't nothing you can really do to help us stay with you. We, want, we just want to counsel. I'm going to get that satellite off my roof. So out of that, now we have no TV or Internet at the house. I have never wanted to see TV more in my life than now. I'm having Fox News withdrawals. You know what I mean? I don't even know what Donald Trump has done in the world now. And I know that this is, we probably will do something eventually. But I think me and her both feel like it just feels sort of good not to give the flesh what it wants. If there's something that you got to have other than Jesus, you ought to step back and really think about it. You Maybe that's something that if you just fast that, step back from that, you may see some amazing things start happening in your life. Now, I can't say me and Patty done it to fast. We've done it because we're aggravated at DirecTV and to save money. But I think we might as well call it a fast as we don't have it and make it spiritual, don't you? <laughs> That's right. Might as well get credit, Patty said. Look at what the scripture, uh, well, self-control is the ability to control self. <laughs> the ability to control self. And we've got to help, help with that. Scripture says this, like a city with, whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. So a city walls are protection for the city. And when those walls are broken down, there's no protection in the city. And the scripture is saying you're that way if you don't have self-control. That there is no protection. In other words, the enemy has access to you. He can bring what he wants to you. And you don't have protection. Self-control. He'll dangle stuff. I, I've, I, the Lord's really been teaching me about strongholds in the mind, how subtle those thoughts can be. Just little thoughts that he sends your way that if you just take them, he builds on those thoughts. And before long, you have a way of thinking, a pattern of thought as a Christian, and you don't even realize you're being influenced by the enemy. Paul said this, Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath or, or, wreath or a perishable crown. But we an imperishable. So Paul said, I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. I'm not, I'm not taking my effort for, for earthly things, he's saying. But spiritually, this is what he said. But I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. After telling other people what to do and, and proclaiming God's goodness, if I don't exercise self-control myself, that I myself could be led astray. So self-control, I think it's clear now that, I think you already know that we need self-control and we need the Spirit to help us with that. Now, let me teach you a little bit about 
and I understand this is a little bit more of a teaching, but I think it, I think you'll, it'll go deep with you in just a moment. Okay, hang with me, because I want to, I want to teach you, the, the about the fight that we fight as Christians. You know, before Christ, the only fight you had was just what you created. What the stress that you had is what you created. I mean. You know, you did fight God a little bit because I believe he pulls on us all the time. But it wasn't that apparent for many of us. So we just did our own thing, right? So the junk that we were in, we created that. But when you become a Christian, <laughs> it got tough, didn't it? I mean, you realize, wait a minute, there is a fight. And, and, and I am amazed, though, that even after serving God, that we forget we, are, we have to fight still. Now, not fight each other. Please don't fight each other. There is a war going on inside of me and you. The enemy, many times, the biggest enemy is in me. So we want to look at that fight because we got to win that fight if we want self-control, if we want faithfulness, if we want all the other fruit of the Spirit. You know, it's already given to us. As a Christian, I have the Holy Spirit. So I have his characteristics, his fruit. I just got to let them be activated in my life. They got to come out. And that's the fight. So let me, before I get into how to win this fight, I want to talk to you just a little bit about our makeup. And I think it's going to make sense to you, okay? Our makeup. You and I, let me first say, I felt like I needed to say this. You were created by God. You were created by God. The psalmist says this, for you created my inmost being. Let me stop there just a moment. You were not an accident. You were not unplanned. If there was a rape, that evil act did not create you. You were created by God. It doesn't matter how it earthly came to be. If God did not want you here, you would not be here. But since you are here, you got to know, I feel the Holy Ghost on this. You were created by God for a purpose, on purpose, for a purpose. You were. You, look, the, the psalmist says, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't care what somebody else told you. They're speaking against what God has already ordained. If you, if, if you, if, if you're just around the wrong people, if they're saying that. Now you run and tell that, homeboy. <laughs> now we're going to have fun anyway. Your works are wonderful. Look, I know that full well. You ought to say that in the mirror. Mm, you, you wonderful. Mm. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. <laughs> that God created me on purpose for a purpose. That this day is a day that he already written, had written in my book. His book for my life already. Now, that ought to be some comfort in that, right? That God knows your number. He knows where you are. And not to push you away, just to draw you closer to him. 
So God created you on purpose and with a purpose. So now that we've established that, briefly, let me talk to you about our makeup, okay? That you and I are triune beings. Like God, we are triune beings. That means our triune makeup. Number one is spirit. Let me go ahead and give you these. Number one is spirit. So you are spirit, okay? And we'll go into a little bit of detail with this in a minute. You are soul, okay? And then you are body. You have a body. So the way I like to say it is we are spirit beings who have a soul and live in a body. Now, what I'm going to teach you, like I said, I'm going to take a moment to teach this because I wish somebody would have told me this when I got saved. Man, I knew. I knew when Christ came in. But Things didn't happen the way I thought they were. Things didn't change the way I thought. And, and I still did some of the things that I didn't want to do. I didn't have a lot of that self-control and that faithfulness. So you have to know your makeup huh, so you know how to fight. Now, when you die, your body stays here. I really believe, I can't prove this, I really believe it's going to be resurrected, though. Just because of what happened to Moses, if you know Moses, Satan tried to get Moses' body. God wouldn't even let him have it, and God took Moses' body. And then with Jesus himself, his body was transformed. I believe even our flesh is going to be resurrected and changed, of course. I'm so glad I ain't going to have this in heaven. <laughs> I'm going to be 19 all over again in heaven. It's going to be changed. I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's going to be good. So your body stays here, but your soul and spirit goes to heaven. Okay? So let me, let me talk a little bit about the spirit. The spirit is the real you. It's eternal. And your spirit is reborn at salvation. So when you came and gave your life to Christ, your spirit actually has a new birth. That's what Jesus was talking to Zacharias. He said, you must be born again. Zacharias said, uh, Zacchaeus. <laughs> Zacchaeus, I think. He said, how can I be born again? How can I go back in my mother's womb? And, and, and Jesus said, no, flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to water and spirit. So your spirit is reborn. The water would be the word of God, okay? Your spirit is reborn. The real you is reborn. Now, uh, let me get to your soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. This is what makes you act the way you act. It's what makes you think the way you think, your soul. It enables us, your soul is important because it enables us to have a relationship with God, right? It does. It helps us to, have, to be able to, when we became a Christian, I gave my will to God. And the Bible talks that my mind has to be renewed with God's word. It helps me to, to understand God, my mind, okay? And I worship God with my will and even my emotions. So your soul is what helps you to have a relationship with God. Your spirit's already born again. It's your soul, man, that just influences you. Now, it's influenced by spirit, the Holy Spirit, okay? But it's also influenced by the sinful nature. This is the reason why you could come down front and get blessed like today, man. The Holy Spirit's moving. And, uh, and you could go out in the parking lot and, and try to run somebody over, trying to beat them out of the parking lot. It's this war that goes on in our soul. Now, our body, of course, our body is temporary, 
And it's not changed at salvation, right? It stays the same. So the way people see Christ in us is by the Spirit of God working with our spirit, influencing our soul the way we act. It's the way we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, man. Salvation happens here. It comes out with the way we think, the way we act. And that's a never-ending process, right? Because the thing about the sinful nature, when Adam sinned, the Bible says sin entered into the world. So every one of us was born with the sinful nature. That's the reason why if you're a parent, your child was born with a stubborn will. That's the reason why they can say no before they say yes. That's the reason why they don't want to share. I've shared this before. Me and Nick had a showdown on a sippy cup when he was about, I don't know how old. I put the sippy cup there. He said, he can't even talk. And I put the sippy cup back up on the, on the high chair. I said, nope, no. He looked at me. He goes, uh-huh. It's going to be like that then? <laughs> uh, it's going down. Put it back up there. I took his little hand. And I think he did it again. I, I can't remember what happened after that, but I can tell you, I won. <laughs> and it's that will that we are born with that, that, that's influenced by that sinful nature. And the kicker is, every day me and you get up, we have that sinful nature all fresh and ready to go. Every day. I mean, you can be slain in the spirit. Some of you Pentecostals, you know what I mean by that. You can be out in the Holy Ghost. And the next morning you wake up and, 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 the, and the devil will try to get you to sin. So this is the reason why I told you I really needed this when I was young in the Lord. Because I thought since I still can sin, I must not be saved. And what God did for me really don't count. And because of that sinful nature, me not knowing how to get victory over that, I, I felt like there was nothing happening in my life. So if Satan could talk me out of my salvation and my experience from God, he's got me. Does this make sense? So I'm thinking, wow, nothing happened then. I'm just a sinner then, and I can't live for God. So then I go way off for a long time because Satan talked me out of my salvation. Nobody taught me how to get victory over that sinful nature. And just because I had the nature doesn't mean I'm a sinner. I'm a new creation in God. It's just up to me to get victory over that sinful nature. And even in my best days, I still fall sometimes in that sinful nature. It doesn't mean that I'm not saved and living for God. That means I just repent and go on with God. And I say, sinful nature, I'm going to kick your butt next time. So that makeup is so important for us to have this work of the Holy Spirit in our life. It is spirit versus flesh. And I think I jumped ahead just a little bit. Let me give you, because of Adam's sin, we were all born with a sinful nature. The Bible calls it also flesh. <laughs> Look at the symptoms of the flesh. You ready? The flesh loves sin. Man, if you say, I don't love sin in your sinful nature, 
Uh, you a lie. If, you did, if you're sinful, now you're talking about spirit now, that's different. But I'm talking about in your sinful nature. We love sin. We want every, did you know your flesh craves death? Just look at some of your habits if you don't believe that. I mean, smoking cigarettes and drinking and drugging and, and sexual sins, man. Your flesh craves death. Have you ever noticed your flesh don't crave broccoli? I mean, isn't that the truth? I mean, it craves the things that are bad. For I crave fried chicken. I don't crave baked chicken. I say, I'll take baked chicken. It's your flesh. It's your flesh. It craves sin, destruction. It's bent on destruction. As a matter of fact, the scripture tells us it's returning back to the dust. Uh, our flesh and our flesh in our flesh. Does that make sense? <laughs> the flesh listens to Satan. It really does. If, that's the reason why Christian people can say some stupid stuff. Peter did it. Peter said, Jesus, you won't have to die. I'll fight for you. And Jesus called him out. He said, Satan, get thee behind me. He said, you don't have the mind of the, of the spirit but of the flesh. So was Jesus calling Peter Satan? No. It was that thought that Peter had that hoof and mouth disease, that foot and mouth, I mean, excuse me. Foot and mouth. Hoof and mouth is really a disease, isn't it? Foot and mouth disease. <laughs> I know better to use illustrations on the fly. See how I mess up? And look, and look, the flesh loathes the spirit. That's the reason why Sunday morning is the best sleep of your life. That's the reason why the preacher can go five minutes over, but you can wait 35 minutes at the restaurant. Mm. Running, tell that homeboy. <laughs> That's the truth, though, ain't it? Man. Flesh loathes the things of the Spirit. That's the reason why in church, if you're not careful, like I said a little bit earlier, anything that's out of your ordinary, you're like, oh, wait a minute. That's not me. I don't worship like that, okay? Nobody's going to make you worship like that. But I'm telling you, if you really get hold of all the things that the Lord has for you and has done for you, you may be careful. You may be jump, jumping and shouting and all of that. So um, the symptoms of the flesh is what we all have to deal with. You don't get to graduate on this one. You just get better at defeating it. The preacher don't graduate on this one. As a matter of fact, to our dying breath, we fight this fight. But it helps you when you know how to fight it. Look at what the scripture says. Well, let me, I'm fixing to get to that. Let me give you this. Your spirit wants to please God, but your flesh wants to please the sinful nature. And the battle takes place in your soul. That's the reason why you're born again, man. You start thinking about God and you have a hunger for God. Because the Holy Spirit is working with your spirit. But you still have this sinful nature being influencing your, your soul. That's the reason why a young Christian, like I said, can be up front uh, praising God and leave and cuss somebody out in the parking lot. Because they haven't learned how to have that victory over that sinful nature. But if you give God time, he'll, he'll let you get by with some stuff at the beginning. <laughs> That's the reason why somebody comes to get saved and move church. We ain't trying to make you perfect. We don't know how to be that way anyway. We don't have a list of rules and 
I mean, some people, man, come here, they off drugs and, and drinking. Hey, if they slip up and say a cuss word, okay. And the Holy Spirit deals with you as you go along. And he'll say, okay, what you do now, you can't be doing that no more. Just like with your child, it's okay for them to wear that diaper when they're little. But there comes potty training. Isn't that tough? I mean, isn't that, wouldn't it be nice if we just didn't have to do that? I mean, ain't it enough just to say, okay, use the bathroom here. <laughs> no, you got to train. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying is, God will let you uh, go through some stuff, let, put up with some stuff, but there's a time when you get some training. He says, ah, you can't do that no more. But I used to be able to do it. And where we miss it as Christians is because we've gone through that training, we expect everybody else to be at the same level we are. And that's the reason why a lot of times the church is known as judgmental is because we're too busy pointing out other people. If the Holy Spirit is working with them, let them work. That's land up. That's a little something extra. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit helps us. Helps us to win the fight. Okay, just give me a few more moments and we're going to pray. And I really believe the Lord's going to do a work. He always wants to do a work. But I really believe today he wants to fill you to overflowing. Romans 8 sort of sums up what I'm trying to teach you. This is one of the first chapters in the Bible that came alive to me. I, I was amazed. Grew up in church, and I could tell you the main stories. But when I started studying for myself, the Holy Spirit became my teacher. And he illuminated this chapter to me. And I was amazed when he did it. So those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, that's for the Holy Spirit, capital S, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. You see the mind? That's the soul, right? And if I really want to please God, I want to set my mind on what pleases God. And we know when we are and when we don't. The mind governed by the flesh is death. There it is. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. You see, it's got to be one way or the other. You see this? It can't be uh, both ways. It's got to be one or the other with God. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. You're beating your brains out trying to get them to act the way they're supposed to act before you get them to God. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. So quit stressing over that. Instead, pray for their soul. Pray that God reveals himself to them. Those who live in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, so if, you, if you're a Christian, that means the Spirit of God lives in you. It's not what church you go to. It's not if you sing on the worship team. It's not even if you're the preacher on the stage. If you are a Christian, the Spirit of God lives in you. If you do not have the Spirit... And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. It's just that simple, ain't it? You understand, there's nothing here that says you're perfect now. That means you have the spirit of God living in you, working in your life. Therefore, brothers and sisters, I'm glad it mentions sisters too, us brothers get the bad rap all the time. We have an obligation 
but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, there it is again, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, look, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So I want to tell you just real briefly how to win this fight every day, okay? How to win this fight over this flesh. We all got it. <laughs> it all wakes up every day ready to fight. You can't take a vacation on it. It'll whoop your behind. <laughs> it really will. You got to be up every day ready to fight. Some of the biggest challenges I've faced uh, with my flesh are the times I have the greatest spiritual highs. Because when I have those great times with God, I think the next day I can just coast, man. I got some leftover from yesterday. There ain't no leftovers. <laughs> it's every day. It's on. <laughs> you ready? So how do win the fight every day? Every day, feed your spirit. You got to feed your spirit every day. What you feed will get stronger. What you do not feed will get weaker. So what do you want to win? If you want your spirit to win, you got to feed it. You made a good decision today. You came to church. Hopefully you're getting fed. But this ain't enough. Tomorrow, you got to wake up and feed yourself. People say, well, brother, I just ain't get fed at church. Well, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, uh, I, I, let me say it like this. I want to I wanna raise up in our church, which I believe we have, self-feeders. <laughs> I know how to feed myself. That's the reason why we teach. And we know how to feed ourselves. So feed your spirit. How do you feed your spirit? You get in the word of God. Man, you're just getting God's word. You say, well, brother, I just don't understand it. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you understanding. And read it till you get it. I mean, just read it. Have a discipline. God, I'm going to read your word every day. Even if it's a verse, I'm going to read it and concentrate on it. You pray. You spend time with God. You don't get an out on this. There's not a time where you don't have to pray anymore. It's God's way of communicating with us. It's his way of building our spirit up. You got to pray. You got to hear from God. Praying is not just you talking about a hit list, like, I mean, like a wish list. It is, it is saying God. And sometimes it is a hit list. You know? God, get them. You know? No, no, it's you hearing from God, too, letting him fellowship with you. You pray. You read the word. You praise. Man, you, you spend time throughout the day praising God. You don't have to wait for a song. You can just, as a matter of fact, I was driving this weekend, and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, just turn off the radio and spend time with me. And sometimes we just got to do that. Turn it off, and you speak a praise. Don't let the song always be the one. It's okay, you can, but sometimes God just wants to hear it from you. So you feed your spirit. I promise you this. When you start feeding your spirit, you will start getting spiritually stronger. Now, your flesh is going to fight that. I'm telling you it will. But that's okay. The Holy Spirit is going to help you to put it to death. Some of you right now fight and sleep. <laughs> fight. <laughs> I ain't going to call no names. Fight that flesh. Number two, the train is helping. See how the Lord sent that train? Just at the right time. Give me a couple more minutes. Every day be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, i, I got to help us just for a moment on this. 
Let me give you these scriptures. For John baptized with water, Jesus speaking, but in the few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is different than receiving him at salvation. It is complete immersion in the Spirit. The, you receive him at salvation. He moves in. But being baptized means, God, I want everything you got. I mean, I want, oh, come on right now. I, I don't want a, a 220, uh, I mean, a 110. I want 220. I want more power. And he said it this way. Uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then he says, you will be my witnesses. I sort of look at it like this. If you pull up to the gas station and you really want to go somewhere and you got enough money in your pocket to fill the tank, why are you wasting time with getting a gallon? Does that make sense? You want to go somewhere, right? And you want to get there fast. You don't want to have to stop for any distractions. Go ahead and get all that you can get. And that's the way it is spiritually with God. If God gave you his Holy Spirit to help you, why would you want anything else than less? And that's the way it is. Some of you, Satan has tripped you out with your prayer language, speaking in tongues. Oh, I'll never speak in tongues. You won't. You won't get to. But I'm telling you, the scripture says this. So a person speaking in tongues helps himself grow spiritually. So what you're saying is, I don't want to grow spiritually. Please, we don't listen to you whether you're speaking in tongues right here or not. We, no. But don't let Satan talk you out of something that God has given you just because you don't understand it. Would you stand? I think I got one more. Two more. Wow. Mm-hmm. This one is so important, too. Every day, be aware of God's presence with you. Be aware of God's presence with you. Let me put us all on the same page with this one. Two words that, that really what I mean by this is acknowledge and obey. Acknowledge and obey. I know some people that are aware of God's presence. They acknowledge God's presence but they don't do such a good job obeying him. They want the blessing of the Lord without the instruction of the Lord. And can I tell you, God blesses you to be a blessing. And then there are others who do a great job obeying but don't acknowledge. Man, you do a good job doing what God wants you to do, but you're missing out on some fun stuff <laughs> that God just wants you to see and be taught so acknowledging God's presence um, so acknowledge God's presence wherever you go and be ready to do what he leads you to do the more you acknowledge and obey God the more you become aware of his presence for it is the scripture says for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose to will and to act man if you just acknowledge God that's the, that's the will. You notice that's your soul. God works with your soul to help you want the things of the Lord. And then you, he's going to help you to act them out. And, man, it gets so exciting when you're just hearing the Lord, you're acknowledging him, and you act on what he tells you. I mean, you could be at the grocery store, and the Lord says, I want you to go up and pray for that person, and I want you to tell them this. You're talking about shining. 
I mean, Patty's had the Lord do her like that a few times. Where, and Patty goes up and usually says something like, I know you may think I'm crazy, <laughs> but the Lord told me to tell you this. And usually it's confirmed with tears streaming down the face. The work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is wonderful. And then number four, that sums it up. Every day, be on mission. You're not here to retire. Uh, I wouldn't mind retiring one day. That's not the reason why I'm here. You're not here to get money, all the money you can get. You're not here to get that nice car. God is not against you having those things as long as you put first his mission. Man, if you're doing, if you're on mission, every day you got a mission. Going in your work tomorrow, you got a mission. As hard as it may be, I know it's the devil's den at your office, <laughs> but you got a mission. Well, Pastor, that's easy for you to say because you come to the church house every day. <laughs> My mission is to train you to do your mission. <laughs> that's what the Lord says. And I got my own demons to fight. Amen. So we're on mission every day. And the scripture says, Jesus said, but seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Be on mission. Drew, would you come? So I really feel like the Lord wants to fill with the Holy Spirit. I feel like the Lord wants to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And um, no trip on that. Don't let Satan talk you out of that. If you just say, hey, I want everything God has for me. And, and um, I have not been baptized. I, I don't have these evident fruit. And I don't have my prayer language. And man, I want it. God gave it to me. I want it. You can have it. It's a gift. It's called a gift. Jesus called it a gift. It's yours to receive. You'll be, you'll be amazed at the difference in your life, in your prayer time. So the, first of all, I want to pray f first. If you need to commit your life to Christ, if you got sin in your life and you want God to forgive you, you, you know right now that not only do you not have this evidence, these evidences working well, but man, uh, you're not shining too bright. Well, let's, let's go ahead and take care of that. The Lord wants to. Would you bow your head? If you're watching online, man, this is a prayer for you. We pray it. It's not a one-time prayer. It gives, it's a commitment prayer. That's what we're talking about. That we want to commit our life to Christ and we ask Him to come into our heart to do a work in us. It's wonderful. I promise if you do this, you will not regret it. <laughs> you will not. Let's pray it together, folks. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you come into my heart? Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.